are so loud and crazy and happy and yeah, it just got oh, everyone yeah. on fire. It was just so mm. fun to. I mean, there was a crowd of them. There's yeah. always like twenty yeah. of them, but they feed off each other and they yell and clap and what is that like? I, is that how they train? I know what happens right away. Like every base is a little different, and it all. It really depends on the leaders. Yeah. But uh, I know the one thing we did, I, I feel like it's pretty across the board, everyone does it. Right away when the, the school starts, um, we take as long as it takes, sometimes it takes a week, maybe longer, everyone shares their testimony, their story. First the staff start, and as vulnerable and detailed as they get, then everyone else feels like oh I can share things now mm-hmm. and in that time you know like some schools are like um, 20 people plus staff so you're sharing all those some take an hour two hours to share whatever some, to, some are a lot shorter but um, <clears throat> you get to know people better than you know anyone else like anyone else your, your parents your best friends your everything and like that just brings such a bond of unity right away mm-hmm. like people share stuff there like they say like i've never told anyone this before they talk about whatever the struggles in their life suicidal thoughts or whatever stuff like that and and then how god delivered them from that or or maybe they're not even saved like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going there you know like they had to write out their testimony and send it through the application and everything and then they get there and they realize I don't even know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, like that, I feel is is always the the biggest and best thing. Like that unifies everybody, mm-hmm. and we all live together in the same same house or houses, staff and students together for the whole well, the three months of lectures, and then three months outreach. We go overseas somewhere. And they're together. And overseas is even more intimate. Sometimes you're sleeping under the stars <laughs> or whatever. Like, the budget is minimal. <laughs> so no one, no one in YWAM gets paid. No one at all. There's just so much joy on it. Like, every time they came, and mm. didn't matter where they came. There was one at Byron, one at the Gold Coast. Because mm. it's, it's a time, especially for the students. Like, they're... Like live, or especially for the staff, they're living by faith, hundred percent of the time for everything, for money, for food, for mm. opportunities, whatever it is, everything. Like mm. I worked, I worked there. What is seventeen years, sixteen years, something like that, and like, like it's a, it's definitely a bubble. It's definitely mm. like you're not in the real. Mm. It is the real world. I don't know how to say it, but. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not what majority of people are, are living in. Mm-hmm. It can be. I mean, I always love that because the, okay, where it says it in the Bible, right, in Acts, I think it's in Acts, where the, the new Christians, they, they gave to everyone who had need and they sold property and, and did everything so no one had lack or, of anything. And that's what happens at YWM too. Like we, when we were going on outreach, like we needed, we put on the board, on a whiteboard up front, on the one 
morning before and we're telling everyone's name and this is this is what everyone owes. This is what everyone owes been in order for us to do this. And it's like fifteen thousand dollars. Whatever. And then in that room we just people just start giving and then we got enough. Or just like miraculous things happen, like in that time we were praying for an hour, two hours, whatever it was, and like people would get phone calls. Like, oh, this is this this person's mom or something that said, Oh yeah, your uncle just gave you like five grand for your outreach or whatever. Like, what? Like right now. And like my cousin had a story that when he when he did it, he needed a lot of money, I forget how much it was, and and he was walking from one place to another and uh, where, he, where he did his volume school and this random stranger came up to him and gave him a bag and he looked in the bag and there's a bunch of money in there and then he turned around and this person was gone like there's no one there so like just crazy stuff like that so so how did you stay there for 15 years like did you say 15, 16 years in Warren? yeah 2003 February 2003 yeah I thought it was yeah, a come and go thing. Or like, what happens? Well, yeah, the DTS, that's the first school you do, deceptive training school, that's six months. Then after that, I just came back on staff. Oh, yeah. So I helped staff for a long time. I just did all kind of, uh, all the outreaches. Like, did, like, we did, before Red Frogs even started, we did stuff with schoolies. Oh, yeah. Scripture Union, we helped, helped out with them, and we did a bunch of our own stuff on the beach, and evangelism and I was in charge of those teams YWAM teams would come to us in Surface Paradise and there'd be like 500 YWAMers and I was in charge of setting up the sports outreach or whatever on in that week and and then I don't know it's like collecting rubbish cleaning toilets and stuff wherever we were staying like that kind of stuff for a couple of years and then I started uh, helping out the staff for the discipleship schools eventually started leading those schools and I led I think seven of those schools and then I did a lot of like staff training and development and then the last couple of years it was uh, more still staff training and, and do one-on-one discipleship and uh, more working with a director like doing grants and stuff like that all in Australia? yeah yeah then I met Steph was done there and Canada for a bit and came here and now we're here. Do you miss Canada? Not one bit. <laughs> miss my family sometimes. <laughs> no way. I don't miss Canada one bit. Yeah. Like because of the cold? It's because this is the best place in the world. Like, yes, it is. Within like an hour drive, it was like the best beaches, scenery, food, so much amazing things right here. Like, yeah. we're just, I mean, there are some downfalls. Like, the property is, like, ridiculously expensive. My brother just bought a six-bedroom house in America, Minnesota. Brand new, like, just built. Not even grass or nothing. 300000 like what? I would go for like four million here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. 
anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, real felt talk about multiplying ourselves. Um, I don't really know where this is going to go, but I feel like uh, just something that God's been talking to me about is exactly that. I've been listening to a lot of stuff from uh, Curry Blake. You guys have been listening to him too from John G. Lake Ministries. And and he did this study on uh, like John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and a bunch of like amazing Christian, powerful healer guys in the in like the early nineteen hundreds. And it was only John G. Lake was the only person that actually multiplied himself. Like everyone else, like they were the guy, right? They're the big guy, the big minister, or whatever, and and you got to go to him to to get whatever whatever he's given, you know, healing or the word or whatever. And I'm like, that's what, that was the model that Jesus gave us, is to multiply. Mm-hmm. Like right away. He started his ministry right away. He had 12 people. Mm-hmm. Right away. He didn't do a bunch of stuff before them. That's the first thing on his agenda, you know. It's really good. And, I mean, that is more and more, I'm listening and hearing from God. Like, that's what he wants us to do as the church. Like, not just get a bunch of smarts and not just do the things that he says, but, like, we have to multiply ourselves. Like, show show the world that this is, this is something that anyone can do. Like, anyone can do this. Whatever it is. Whatever you're thinking. And... I heard this saying this last week that we're not trying to strive or don't strive after anything that God has given by grace. And I was talking to Steph about that yesterday. I'm like, how do we do that? <laughs> if you have any thoughts, speak up. <laughs> like, like God has given us <clears throat> salvation, right? You're saved by grace through faith. Right, And everyone would say that salvation is like the, the best thing that God can do for a person, right? And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, right? And if being saved is the biggest thing, then you would have to have more faith to do bigger things than that, right? That's just how it works. And like, so that means every one of us, if we're saved, has had that amount of faith. So right when we were born again, we had that mustard seed faith so we could just tell a mountain to move and it would have done it. And I think about it when I got saved. Like, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't think about it. Like, I, I wasn't expecting anything. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, that was my experience. Like, I said, God, my life sucks. Change it. And then all of a sudden, instantly, I was saved and I was compelled to do good things and hated doing what I used to do and... And then God gives us all these promises and stuff that he's given us and, and I'm trying to do it, trying to learn more, trying to read more, trying to listen to the good things, you know, trying to, like, am I doing this all wrong? You know? Jesus, he, he compares us to children. He said, you have to be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. 
not to be saved, not to go to heaven. That's not what he's talking about. To enter this realm of what the kingdom is like. Like total childlike, oh, daddy said it, so that's true. You know? <laughs> it's crazy. I have to do that to Lexi sometimes. I just, I just, I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. She's like, what? And just looks and does the same thing. Like, total, totally believes in the expectation and everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know is my answer, but but I think so because when we get saved, right, your spirit becomes new, totally brand new, totally brand new. Nothing, your spirit will never ever have any defects whatsoever until the day he, he returns, it's, it's perfect forever. But our body and our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions are need to be renewed. Like our mind has to be renewed. Like that's what the Bible says, to be renewed by the spirit of the, the word. Do you think it's like a sanctification Like what specifically? Or swearing or, you know, things kind of mm. start to move or what, like there's no attraction to do that. It's more, yeah. Magnetism to to do the things that he asks us to do. Or yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's all the above. Like we we have to renew our mind by what God says, and when we do that, then we realize, oh, swearing, for example, like that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Why why am I doing that? And it just, yeah, it just falls off. Mm. Like we're not focusing. I'm not reading the Bible today. Okay, uh, where does it talk about swearing? Is that good or bad? And should I do it or not? Mm. Like if you just get to know God, Mm. like the closer you get to perfection and light, like you will look like perfection Mm. and light, you know? Mm. And that stuff will, it's just, just leaves your mind, you know? Like we do need to be brainwashed. As Christians, yeah. for real, like yeah. I know. That's what people say. You know, you're being, you know, Christianity is brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Your mind is filthy. <laughs> <laughs> washing. <laughs> <laughs> because like striving's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And I know of only there might be more, but I know of one place in the Bible, only one place in the Bible where it says to strive. And that's where it talks about striving to enter his rest. Mm. So you have to strive to find a place where there's no striving. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because it's like that's constant for just life, you know? Work, relationships, whatever. Trying to make a better relationship or more money. You know? When he started to, like, first he tells his story for ages. Yeah. Of, and um, then when, just before, I think it was chapter three, just before he starts to actually, starts to um, preach and 
everything, which we haven't actually heard yet, but he starts to read stuff out of the Bible. And before he reads stuff out of the Bible, it's just blatantly obvious. Like, that <laughs> this is true. Like, it's just like everything that he's reading is just like, everything else that you hear, if it's not in here, it's not real. Yeah. And like, everything in this is completely true. And if you don't believe that, then you shouldn't be here. That's mm. your problem. <laughs> that is your problem. If you don't believe what's written, everything in red is what Jesus said. So like, it's real. <laughs> like, and it was like that. And and I know I've heard that before, like countless times. But I kind of maybe got got a, a fair bit more because he was so not aggressive but assertive. But it was it was very assertive, wasn't passionate. it? Hey? Passionate. Passion. Incredibly passionate about it. But it was just, you could just see it in his, um, the way he presented himself, the way he spoke, the way he just... Yeah. Just total confidence, right? Yeah. Totally. yeah. It's just like, there's no doubt, like when you see people <laughs> that totally believe in God, you go, wow, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he like completely had that. And it's like, mm. oh my God, there's, it's really, really true. And I'm actually starting to realise that it is... Yeah. Million percent true. There's no doubt. I like the one thing he says only every time before he reads the Bible, he's already made a decision. Whatever this says, I'm going to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I believe it before I read it. So when he reads it and doesn't understand, like, okay, I believe it, God. So now. I need to understand it. Yeah. Now, now show me how to work it out or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's a the thing too, like, we can. We can agree with the Bible, and we can believe in the Bible. There's just it's two different things. If mm. you you can agree with it, yeah, it's all good. But when you believe it, then you mm. step in the boat, like then you do it, you know, or step out of the boat. You actually do what it says. Like there was this guy in uh, I forget if it was Canada or America, but he had a a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And he, he walked across this tightrope, and then he walked across, oh yeah, he walked across, and then, then he's like, uh, who thinks I can do it again with uh, holding a wheelbarrow? Like, yeah, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, they, they believe in you. And he's like, okay, so who wants to hop in? Uh-huh. And nobody wanted to hop in, and then one guy's like, yeah, I'll do it. Uh-huh. And he hopped in, and he walked across and came back uh-huh. with them too. He's like, that guy in the wheelbarrow, he had faith. He believed. The other people, they agreed. You know? That's the difference. And the guy who walked across there, yeah. Like, you seen him do it. That's a really good example. Yeah. How much do you believe? It's like, show me your belief. Yeah, serious. Like that that is really really faith. Like you can't faith without works is dead, right? I can't just say I believe, I believe, I believe and never do what it says. Yeah. Like I'd say it all the time, like in the end, when Jesus comes back, he's not gonna ask you what did you do with your life. He's gonna show you this is or what did you believe? He's gonna show you this is what you believed. This is how you walk. This is what you believe. And you'll be like, yep, yep, you're right, yep. 
时候。嗯，对啊。You're talking the other day about That you know, like as humans, like Christians, like we're really quite dumb because you know we do so much that like we let so much of the world in, like in the, under the guise of entertainment or、yeah. you know even like like smoking and drinking or whatever. That then we've just got to. Undo it, like, and we, like, we're the gatekeepers,、yeah. and we just let so much in that、mm. we then have to, like, we go renew our minds, renew. Our, well, we wouldn't have to strive so hard if we didn't let it in in the first yeah, place. Yeah, serious. <laughs> you know, so I think we need to get better at being、Locking. better gatekeepers.、Mm. But it's all like it's entertainment, right? And it's relaxing, and you go to the movies because you got to relax and switch off from work, and you know all these self-help mindfulness tips and tricks, and <laughs> go out and have a you know a beer and a steak at the pub and that sort of stuff. But what you put in that's not healthy, you've got to have to get out. Yeah. Somehow. So if you don't put it in, it's got to be, you know. Yeah. But、Easier because you don't have to get it out. Yeah, but all that all that stuff too, like that whatever we find enjoyment in outside of God and what He wants or whatever, or even if it's it's not sin or whatever, like watch a movie or whatever. Um, if we replace those things with spending time with God, at first it's going to be hard, and you're not going to want to do it, and it sucks. And then eventually it gets easier, and then eventually it's, this is my joy. This is all I want to do, like in that other stuff. Sorry. Why does it have to be different? Why do you have to do stuff that is not enjoyable without going to start? Why can't you do things? Because you've been trained your whole、yeah. life to do that before you knew Christ. Like I can jump on my bike and he can get me back. <laughs> <laughs> But he doesn't want to follow you. Oh, he can drive. <laughs> he wants you to follow. Him. <laughs> yeah. Then the ticket too. But we, it is. It's like a conditioning that you know you get home from work and TV on, which is just yeah. There's really nothing that's edifying on it. And then, you know, I'm really susceptible to what I watch, and I have to be really careful because it just like I then, you know, it gets into my dreams and blah blah.、Yeah. And I just, but that's the way that we're brought up, you know. Yeah.、Mm. Yeah. I mean, you switch the TV on, you have your meat and three veg for dinner, and you know, if you if、yeah. you've been good, you have ice cream, and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously. Like that's thing about Christianity. Like you, you get saved. Your spirit's new. That's what's eternal. But your mind has to be renewed,、mm-hmm. or else you can't fully live out what God wants you to do, or like、mm-hmm. with the best that you can. Not the best that you can be. That's not good. Like, the best that we can be is Jesus. He said, "Follow me. Do the things that I do, and even greater things." Like, it's like that's who we are.、Mm-hmm. So, like, 
we can not like again that, that if we if we we can sorry <laughs> we can take the stance as in you know oh i won't watch any more tv or yeah you know i won't but it again that's trying isn't it because isn't it like the more time we spend the less like even when i did like buddhist retreats mm. years of it and we'd go do three weeks silent retreats and that stuff and for ages i didn't like i couldn't even turn the tv on yeah because i was in such a different play different yeah. state you know so but um i think the more like the more we spend then the less of that like i couldn't try to do yeah. that myself does yeah. that make sense yeah like whatever you focus on that's what's yeah. What's gonna take your time? Like if I'm trying not to do something, yeah, mm. I'm have my energy and focus on trying not to do yeah. that. But if I decide I'm gonna spend time with God, mm. and then all that stuff is like whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to everything else yeah. by default. Mm. You know? I guess it's like what you're saying, you know, like about swearing. If you're trying not to swear, mm. you're probably more likely to. Because whatever you focus on yeah. is usually what you hit. But if you're, you know, just if if you're, you know, worshiping or got got your mind on Christ, well, naturally you're not going to swear because you're focusing mm. on yeah. Mm. I was going to say yeah. um, a couple of years ago talking about TV. Remember that show? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. No. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. The very first show yeah. must have been about ten years ago, and my family was really cranky at me because I was watching the show, and they said, "You're just a different person when that you know when that comes on. You just want to watch that and you just ignore us." And I was like, "No, it's just my show. I just want to watch it." And I said, anyway, they said, we challenge you not to watch this show. And I said, and that, that really got me. I was like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to watch this show anymore. And so I was coming right up to the, like, the end as well. Like, it was really, really hard. Like, I was absolutely... Addicted? Addicted. <laughs> And I could hear it in the other room. I had to put my ear, fingers in my ear <laughs> and I read the Bible. I thought, I'm wow. going to do that. And about, because it was on every night, I think, mm. not just once a week. It was on every night at 7.30 or something. <laughs> and I remember reading the Bible and I just stopped. It was just like a switch. About two days later, I did not care about that show wow. and I could not wait to read the Bible. Yeah, and I just love. I just, and from then on, I've never watched TV. From that wow. moment, mm. I just mm. switched, switched it off. Mm. It was really, Amazing. it was yeah. a cool exercise to do, and I never yeah. forgot it because I've never turned the TV back on. Forced into it from your family. Sorry. Forced into reading yeah. your Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't want me to. I was just thinking. They didn't ask me to read the Bible, but they were. Yeah. challenging me and I thought well I'm going to replace it with something godly mm. I guess yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good yeah. I try it with marriage 
first sight then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. Yes, yeah. please. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just going back to that first thought I was saying, like, uh, not to try to strive after anything that God has given you by grace. And then I wrote down to, like Paul says, to earnestly desire the greater gifts, you know? So we still have to earnestly desire things, right, that God wants for us. But what hasn't he given us by grace? Like, what hasn't he given us by grace? Isn't everything given us by grace? That's what I thought. When you, when you said that, I went, mm, isn't it everything? So <laughs> you know. don't American strive for anything besides rest. We don't deserve anything. Well, we deserve death and judgment, but we don't, Everything we have is by grace. Everything is given us. I, I was talking to Steph about, we had a good conversation about it yesterday, I think. And like, well, that first part is that you don't want to strive, but then it says desire, right? And she said, desire comes from our heart. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to desire things to be, to be more like Jesus, to walk as a good man and, and do all that stuff that God says I have and like all the promises that God has given us. Like he's promised us healing, holiness, salvation, life, freedom from sin, stuff like that. And like <clears throat> I don't have to strive for any of that stuff, but I have to know that it's there. And once I know that it's there, I have to make that same declaration in my heart or whatever that the same as I did when I got saved like I believe this and then it can be walked out mm. so how do you bring this into uh, the lives that we lead now because like, you're building a house at the moment yeah so like your sort of desires to build your house and move into your house yeah so, like, is there a line where you say, well, let's, I've got desires for other things and, you know, building my house isn't got God involved in it? I mean... Because, you know, you're not, you need, like, heat. You need to be able to cook. Yeah. You need appliances. I mean, there's, there's nothing inherently evil about stuff like that. No, it's not evil. Like, but one, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Why can't you have God in everything that you do? Why be like oh yeah you can yeah what's well, so I was sort of saying before like why can't you have God in your motorbike <laughs> enjoying yourself yeah. <laughs> I felt godly when I'm on the bike sometimes you know but then to heaven yeah so it becomes effortless um yeah just where do you I know that like having a house building a house wanting good things in your life isn't yeah bad yeah but um you know that costs money too to yeah. do those things so you know then you're wanting to have more money so you can purchase those things so you can achieve those goals in your life so you can have a nice lifestyle yeah and then where does the, the line draw where do you draw the line like where do you say enough's enough enough's enough <laughs> yeah. i've got the i'm comfortable in my house 
Um, we have everything we want now, after we're happy, now we do the God with him. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good question. I think, I've struggled with it too. I think that you, you always have to be at that place where like, now if I'm living on the street, I'm content with living on the street. I'm content with what I have. If yeah, you're rich you, and you got out, I'm content with what I have. I have built a really nice house, so we renovate our house and we put great stuff in it. It costs a fortune to do it. Yeah. And then you see someone that's struggling, instantly you feel guilty because you have nice things, drive around a nice car and have money. And <laughs> I don't feel guilty that I have nice things and there's poor people out there. Like, they're like. But I do. Like, it's, it's, isn't that the yes, same yeah. path? Aren't we supposed to like um, love everyone and find? What what's stopping you from loving that person because you got a nice house and they don't? Nothing. Nothing, but it means that it's like I I just want to. You want to give them you want to give them a good house and have the same fortune and everything too. Yeah, and you want to bless them and. If you had if I had that much money, would then I? If I had that much money, I'd give so much of it away because I know that I don't need that much to have and achieve what we need. Mm. And you would give it away happily, but then, you know, what would they do? Would you, though? I would, actually, yeah. Mm. 100%. It's not a doubt in my mind. Are you doing it now? Giving it away. Giving money away? I do give it away, yeah. Okay, good. Maybe that'll come to you one day. You will. Maybe that will come to you, that, that opportunity, that money, that whatever. Yeah, well, the more money you make, the more you can give away because, you know, it costs money to live. Yeah. Yeah, that's all still, that's still coming through our thoughts and our, our normal thinking, isn't it? I mean, it's mm. like... Like it, making decisions like that or, you know, how we live. Mm. It's just God's money anyway. Yeah, and so... Yeah, but I mean, you're using it on yourself. Yeah, but you do. Yeah, but if you if you if you putting God first, then then things God. happen. Like just things, just you don't have to like step back and have a thinking process around it, do we? Like God's not an accountant for us. He's a dad, right? He's a dad that loves us. Yeah. If you see him as your dad, and he's got everything, he's the king. He's all powerful loves you like crazy you're his favorite son he knows who you are <laughs> like, like when you when you know that he he loves you unconditionally and wants the best for you all the time if you run to him like oh dad can i have this kind of this and and he knows like you want his heart and you're not trying to be selfish and i was yes here you go yes here you go yes like, so that's, he's not taking account. He's not penny pinching. He's like, oh, but maybe your motive's not this. Maybe it's that. Yeah. He knows who you are. He yeah. created you. Like, he's our dad. Like, a good, 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 like the best dad. And like, yeah, there's other people. There's, there's Christians who c- could be in the same situation, but they just make different choices. That's all. Like, we have free will to do certain things or not do certain things. Yeah, people have different personalities, and some are good at business, and some aren't. Some are musical, and some aren't, or whatever. But 
like those are all we're all part of one body and we all have to work together and some people don't want that big house and some people just want this and like like you shouldn't feel guilty because you got stuff and other people don't <laughs> I think that's what I'm going come to the point of saying because like there's a million reasons why that's not happening or that is happening and like you can you can believe and do what you want for you. You can't change a person's actions or thought life or motive or you can influence them and show them like this is a better way or whatever, but does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling. Or what, whatever it is, like, man, there's there's this guy I listened to um, many years ago. His name is Phil Wilkerson. I don't know if he was a YWAM or not. But he had just this amazing message on uh, this, actually, multiplication. And he's, <clears throat> he's talking about uh, he he went to somewhere, I forget where it was, Africa somewhere, and he, he started... Uh, I forget the numbers, but uh, he made 10 gardens for this one village. Just by himself, he was there for, I don't know, three weeks or whatever, he made 10 gardens for them. And then and then he started, uh, through this process anyways, he started multiplying that. He's like, how can I do this more? How can I make more? Because he went through that story of the, the parable of talents. You know, and the one guy got 10 and he multiplied 10 times. And he was the only one that said good and faithful servant. The other ones were, were, oh, what do they say? Faithful servant or good servant, one or two. Like, he didn't repeat what he said to the first guy. But <clears throat> anyways, then he started asking his, his uh, son, his little boy, he's like, how many gardens do you think God wants for these people? And he's like, oh, probably like a hundred and then he's like, no. He's like, no, I, th- I, th- I think God would want more than that. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think would be like really, would really show that, that God's doing this? Like, oh, like 10,000. And he's thinking, he's listening to God at the same time. He's like, no, it doesn't feel peace about it. He's like, he's like well, no, like what would really show that this is God? This is impossible. Man can't do this. I can't do this. He's like, It'd be a million gardens, Dad. And he's like, yeah, a million gardens. And then he did a million gardens. And then the next time he did 10 million gardens. Like he did this for this for this place. Like he just found people and made it happen and multiplied it. And like regardless of what, he wasn't looking just at himself, you know. I have the ability to do 10. I can do 10. Yeah, that, I can do that. But no one's saying, oh, that's a miracle. God's doing that. 
It's like, no, no, no one even noticed except for the families that I helped, you know? But then when he did that, he, he said it to the, to the news. And they said, God's going to make a million gardens in this place or whatever. And it's like, God's got the glory now. Or if I fail, then God's name is going to be drug in the dirt or whatever. And he did it. <clears throat> I was just thinking I want to share just a little example. I don't know if you guys know when, when we came or when we went to Canada last. We were stuck there for a year and a half during COVID. And we started a home church. And I had a, I had a dream before we even went there that it's not going to make sense to you guys, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> I seen like my family and uh, upbringing, we were Mennonites. That's like, if you know, Amish, it's kind of, kind of the same like Amish, not exactly, but kind of like that. And <clears throat> so I had this dream where I seen this like outhouse, right? Outside, just like one you see in a movie, you know, little outhouse, like half moon in the door, you know, just sitting there and, and then I seen the door open, and there were all these Mennonite ladies coming out of it. Like, just a roll of them, just continual. And that, I woke up, and I'm like, we have to do a Bible study in Canada. That's what I got. Because <laughs> that's what I got, because I don't know why, but that's what I got. And because I knew Mennonite people would be there. And... Anyways, when we got to Canada, we started right away. I told my mom, and she told a bunch of people, and there's 100% Mennonites were there. And uh, I think there were 16 people the first day. And and it was like a month or a couple months later, my mom told me, he's like, I knew you were going to do this. Like, oh, how did you know? Oh, years ago, I thought God has said that either you, me, or my brother Frank would, would start a Bible study with the, with the Mennonites in the area. And then... Then we did that, and just fast forward a little bit. I don't know how many people are going now. It's every Saturday, but like, they also have a men's group that happens. I think every week or every fortnight, where there's eighty men going, and they this is in Canada, so it's cold, right? And during COVID. Uh, you weren't allowed to do any of this. Like, it was illegal. Like, in Canada, it was, like, insane. Like, cops were pulling people over who were driving because they weren't in their area of their home. You show me your address, you're too far away from home, you get a ticket or whatever. And we, or we went to everyone's different houses every week. We did it anyways. No one ever got caught anyways, so it didn't matter. But um, So this men's group, they're meeting in barns now because the houses are too small. Right? And like the people who are there, um, they, like Mennonites in general, are very shy people. Like, keep themselves super religious, like in the law, Christian background, but like really, really deceived in a lot of, a lot of that stuff. And, anyways, a lot of them were like super shy, didn't say anything. Uh, a handful of them weren't even saved. They thought they were. So many weird doctrines about baptism and stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> one girl in particular, she um, was basically a hermit. She wouldn't 
leave the house. If she went to town with her mom, she wouldn't get out of her car. Uh, she was like 18. And in the first day, she, we, we did the same thing that I was sharing what we did in YWAM. We just went around. Everyone shared testimony. And some people had no testimonies because they weren't saved. <laughs> but this girl didn't want to talk, but she did, did talk a little bit. And, and me and Steph, like, were, I think we looked at each other at the same time. We just blurted out, like, man, we're excited for you. And she, from that day, with whatever I spoke about, I don't even know, just, like, changed her life, like, big time. All of a sudden now, she is one of the five leaders that we trained up to take over that, that home church. And she's out going to, like, the big city doing evangelism. She's got her Jesus sweater on, and, and she's hearing God's voice. She's in the restaurant, and she's... God says, pay for that lady's dinner over there and tell her Jesus loves her and she does it. Like, that kind of stuff. And, like, we had baptisms in my, in my parents' bathtub. People coming over, a house filled with strangers, and baptizing people in the bathtub. Like, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all this stuff in our, in our homes. <clears throat> and then, yeah, right before we left, we, we I think we had two months or something we picked out five five people two couples in this this single girl to kind of take over this and and lead it off and and when we left then it just boomed and it was just like like when you uh, what's the saying like when mother mother hen leaves the nest then the then the chicks go crazy you know then then they know they got to fend for themselves they got to do what they what they were born to do right and then they did, and they weren't these shy people anymore. All of a sudden, they had a message every week. All of a sudden, and before, when I'm like, okay, who wants to share a message? Like, they could muster up ten minutes, you know, and do whatever. But <laughs> it just happened, and the Holy Spirit made it work. And <clears throat> so, is your mom and dad still? <coughs> I mean, I don't know how to even answer that I mean like they're they don't follow any of the traditions or anything of that but like if if you were to tell me a person's name that was Mennonite I would know they're Mennonite just by their name their first name or their last name I would know (laughs) that's where they grew up this is where they did blah 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 because we are our background is German so he came, I don't know, somewhere down the line, great-grandpa, came from Germany, and they all colonized in Mexico and America and Canada. That's a long story, but... Yeah, so we grew up in a Mennonite German-speaking church in Canada, and then after a little while, the parents were like, this is not, no good, so we found a different church and where they spoke English so we could understand. And we speak German but not the dialect of German that they were speaking. Super confusing, right? So I knew God as uh, someone you can't understand and he hits you when you do something bad because in Sunday school you get whacked with a ruler, like that kind of stuff. But anyways, I say in all this because that's the point of this group, to multiply. (laughs) To multiply. And I know you guys, like if you just ask yourself like 
like I said at the beginning, like when I got saved, I had I had something to say. I had very least I had my testimony, right? I knew what to say. No one could say and that's not true. And then I'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. It's not true. Like I know it's true. I'm convinced you can't you can't unconvince me of that. So everyone's got something like that. You're convicted about faith or just how to get saved. Like your own testimony. Start there. And then that's it. Like it will just flow. I mean, I would say 100% of the time, whenever I'm speaking, 70% of it, I, I have no idea until I say it. And that's, it's not me. Like, I, it, that's God. Like, that's, he says, it says in his word, like, if you have the gift of speaking, speak as though you're speaking the words of God, which you are. Like, we are the embodiment of Christ. God lives in us fully and wholly. In, uh, where is it here? In Colossians 2 9, it says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So we don't just have the Holy Spirit living in us, we are the fullness of God. Like everything, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all the gifts, all the power, all the everything, like everything that consists of God lives in this house. He's multiplied himself like Jesus couldn't do on the earth. That's why I said it's better for me to go so I can send the Spirit so you can live in you and us. And now every one of us has the potential of Jesus walking everywhere and multiplying ourselves. Not just through teaching, but through living your life. It's so hard because it's so unaccepted in today's society. What's that exactly? Uh, preaching to anyone and everyone about God. Because it's so unaccepted. It's like you only know when you know. Like in Christian circles, you mean, right? Um, yeah, well, yes. Yeah, in church. First go to seminary. First go to Bible college. First do this. First serve at church for five years and first do this. And like, It's the opposite of what Jesus taught. The complete opposite. That's exactly what they're trying to say. It's totally opposite. Yeah. Of what everything that they, the church and religion takes out is all the stuff that he's teaching. Yeah, like the church... And in general, wants you to to be discipled before you get free. Disciple you into freedom. When Jesus set people free, and then disciples. Mm. Yeah. So you're preaching on Sunday, are you? <laughs> no, next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, like. You said, like it's, it's uh, people find it hard, like in tongue acceptance or something. I reckon, I reckon it's actually the opposite. Like, the world wants you to think that people don't want God and that God's hard to talk about. But like I was sharing last week, like, if we think like God, no matter who you run into, he'll give you the words to speak to that person. 
and you don't have to have the same message for you know and you don't have to stand up in front of a whole heap of crowd you only have to speak to one person and and I don't know it's like I just think like the world's hungry for the truth yeah. like all the social media stuff and all the the garbage that's out there it all it's all portrayed as though they don't want God they don't want you know but that's the reason why they're doing this stuff because they're actually got a need. They're crying out. Mm. They're thinking they got the answer, but they don't. You know? I mean, yeah, that's what Jesus it's said, right? It's right. like the the harvest is plentiful. It's plentiful, yeah. The workers are few. Yeah. Like, mm. Pray to God, the harvest. The workers will get out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the harvest is ready. Pick the harvest. It's good. Mm. So I think it's just a matter of you actually, like, retraining your thought, but your process in that. Whenever you're doing something, you're actually looking for an opportunity. Like, okay, God, instead of me thinking about my tasks I've got to do today and having a list and getting that done, think about, okay, who are you going to put me in a room with today, God, and what do you want me to say to them? You know, what's the... Oh, there's no doubt. Every time I'm in a room with someone that I don't really know. It's, I mean, it's, I'll always talk about God. Yeah. Because it comes up. Yeah. Don't know how it comes up, but it comes up. Because yeah. <laughs> God's in the room. Yeah. He's in ya. <laughs> I like God, Dave. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm following what you're saying in a way or resonating in the sense of, you know, I don't, you know what you're saying is too stupid. I think, like, um, just thinking about, um, you know, if I can generalise uh, in Australian culture, if there's such mm. a thing, <laughs> you know, I think... Um, you know, um, preaching at or preaching um, in in a public sphere is not generally um, ex- accepted so much. Or yeah. you know, there's a resistance to that. I think mm. we're very much more dynamic of shoulder to shoulder, and and so on. So I, I think, yeah. Well, um, I know what it is. It's totally in me. Like I've just got to get to the point where I really don't care what someone else mm. thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I'll just say, "Look, mate, you don't know what I'm about to do for you." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Australians can get quite aggressive to me. Like, to, like my my experience with Australians. They get defensive. They get yeah, but there's also a way to deal with defensive people, also. Yeah. Like I mean, you can't imagine, like when Jesus, like. I mean, you know, I keep referring back to The Chosen because it's such a great, I mean, it's such a great show. But, like, you think about how Jesus dealt with people and, they, you know, he spoke, he spoke to the heart of the person. And, like, even the religious leaders, like, you know, he just, he just spoke to the heart of the matter. Like, they, they were so religious and so offended by him and he just hit them. That's where he hit them. So whereas the people that needed him this like he said I've come to heal the sick you know mm. um, he, he reached people where they were at mm. yeah. and that, that, that's how we have to be that's the mm. only way I could be I couldn't be like preaching you know or thinking that I knew something you do know something and you can everyone can I, I would take the approach of, of seeing whether per, you know being able to find a way to touch that person yeah. That, uh, well, that's if it's a crowd or if it's one person. It's mechanism yeah. in them. Mm. Mm. Actually, I had a situation 
a few weeks ago, um, there was a guy in Brunswick and he was in so much pain, man, it was bad. <laughs> and he had a loudspeaker and he was really, you know, in dark, dark place. And I sort of walked past with Angel and me holding on Angel, which is often the case, you know. So it was a way, like, to connect yeah. through Angel. And I stood there, and I re I, I wanted to, but he was just too dark. Like, I, I, I had to take care of myself. Like, I, I felt that he was just going to, I don't know, lash out or something. Mm. Mm. It was hard, it was hard. And he was crying at one point, so there was a there was a softening, and it was just like, how do I put my hand on his? Sh you know, I just couldn't. And I walked away and just thought, yeah, but he was he was just in a bad way. Did he know? have a loudspeaker? Did you say? Pardon? Did he have a, a like a loudspeaker? He had a like music blasting on a on a speaker. Mm. So he was just in in real dark dark place. Bad music, rap music. Mm. You know, I want to be a rap dancer. You know, I want to be a rap singer. But it was he was all black, like he had this black hood on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was there, and I was just standing right next to him. And, you know, I I didn't know what to do. I I didn't know where the the risk of him lashing out at me, like if he's on drugs. He just looked a bit dodgy. That's all. You can all grow into a place where you can go more. That's mm. fine. Yeah, absolutely. No, it felt like I was a bit more deep than that. Mm. Yeah. You know? I could have said you were loved. I could have said that. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's... That happens to everyone. Everyone who, who says, Okay, God, I'm going to do something for you. No one... 100% of the time, from the first moment, it just does it all and it's perfect. Mm. Like, mm. you hear God and you walk away and don't do it. And like, oh, I'm sorry, God. I'm, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> oh, I that. But then you grow and the next opportunity comes and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go say hi. Mm -hmm. You know, like, <laughs> and then you just start talking to someone you don't even mention Jesus. Like, that's a victory already. Mm. in you you know mm. and then you get to the point where like mm. oh you bring up God and then you're praying for him and then you're doing all kinds of stuff you know mm. then you don't care if he's got a gun in his hand you're like I love you and God loves you and yeah like, might be different for a guy I don't know I felt really vulnerable in that I think just to, to your point, too, about the culture stuff, like, it is, like, different countries and places definitely have a different culture, like, like, in Australia, like, if we just set up in the parking lot at Woolies and, and just started preaching and yeah, do whatever, like, some people would stop and watch, but if I did that in in Mozambique, there'd be a crowd of 500 people. Everyone would stop. People yeah. would come out of the stores, close down the shop, and come yeah. and watch. Yeah. yeah. Because the culture is... So accepting. Like, it's not even... It doesn't even matter what it's about. It's just like we're... We always talk about, like, Africa time. Like, their time is like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, people are here now. Let's hang out with people. Like, 
family culture. Like Australia, it's one of the countries that family is not the most important thing. The work is the most important thing or whatever, like something else is. Yeah, I feel there's a dimension of, of yeah, that, of being, oh, well, I think you're, you're so right, Stuart, it's like, you know, listening to God, and he might be saying, cutting right across the culture, and he's got a message, I think that's, that's, mm. that's something that speaks to me heaps, but I, I just wonder if there's also ways of working smarter, for want of another word, that's kind of culturally, so, you know, if you're, you know, um, wanting to share the gospel, the odds of getting a better reception is more likely because it's kind of more culturally acceptable. So I'm just sort of thinking in those sort of terms, like I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't know where to go with that, but I'm just reflecting mm. on that. But yeah, even like that scenario, like it's not bad to, to go do it. Go do it anyways. If one person is there, mm. <clears throat> it's probably more for, for you to do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's probably more help, beneficial for you to do that than anyone else to hear yeah. it. Just to get off your fear or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I had a group, had a group from Byron, and they used to pray um, before they went out to do any evangelizing, and they would, they would s- sort of see things like, you know, a woman with a pink guitar, you know, yeah. and they'd go out and then... There's nobody gonna be out here with a pink guitar, but then there's a woman with a pink guitar, and it's kind of like yeah. it made them brave to be able to get. Well, that is actually what God was just telling me, so mm. I'm gonna go there and talk to her about yeah. it. Yeah, so it was quite. Yeah, we did cool. do that all the time in Wyoming too. Yeah, we're going out to pray. Pray to God. Ask them who's gonna be there and mm. what you're gonna say to them. Yeah, whatever. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't, but we were trying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you, and you, I guess you learn by mistakes too, don't you? you yeah, you like... Step out there and... Like, I, like, people have this idea that if you if you do that stuff and it doesn't work, you're testing God, okay? I feel like that's a real, um, like, Old Testament mindset. Because you're not testing God if you're doing what he says. You're believing him. Mm. He says to, to do that. He says to go preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, do whatever. Yeah, that's the things that we man- mandated to do it. Yeah. It's not like a, an optional extra that we yeah. choose whether yeah. we, oh, no, I think I'll leave the evangelism part out of the salvation story. Yeah. yeah. But it's part of it. Like, you know, we, we're called to make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. We're yeah. supposed to duplicate them replicate and keep going and if you make a mistake or don't know what you're doing or fumble or they reject you or whatever that's irrelevant I believe you God and I'm doing the best that I know how he's not he's not the dad who's like you idiot you did it wrong he's like patting you on the back giving you a cookie you know like you're doing awesome we're kind of surrounded by inward Christianity like instead of outward definitely isn't that like our role model everywhere we are in the church yeah. and I don't see anyone else doing yeah. much I mean I could be wrong but I mean I've still got friends that but we're going to start doing this course yeah, yeah. things are going to change of course <laughs> this 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 yeah. what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to mul- we're going to mul- 
<laughs> We're gonna multiply ourselves. It's like me and you and you and you and you, everyone. It's gonna be. <clears throat> it's like in in everything, in every every job, every business, every church. There's ten percent of the people doing a hundred percent of the stuff. Nine percent of the people are having a good time. You know, <laughs> sitting there doing a message, being nice take no responsibility to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not the kingdom of God. Like, we're obligated. Like, it's, oh, is that a bad word? I mean, it's, we're, we have the privilege to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we, I spoke about this the other week, like, we have the authority to do everything that Jesus says that we can do, so that means we have the responsibility to do it. And just like that, the parable, the, the talents, that one guy is 10, the other guy is 5, the other guy is 1, the guy with 1 buried it. And God gave him something, he never used it. And then when he came back, he's like, okay. He's like, beat that guy and take what he has and throw him out. He's not going to be part of us anymore and give it to the guy who has the most. Like, that's the only person you can identify with if you're the pew warmer in church. Mm-hmm. That's a bad story, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's Jesus explaining, this is the kingdom of God, and then he shares his story. Mm-hmm. This is what it's like in God's kingdom, where God's in control. <laughs> if I give you something and you make excuses for it, oh, I know you were like this, so that's why I hid this, you know? Like, I'll give it back to you, this is exactly what you wanted. He's like, you don't know me. You don't know what I want. You don't know anything about the gift that I gave you. It was to multiply. And you only had one. You had the, like, you only had one. This guy, 10. This guy, five. Like, everyone has something. And even in a, in a different gospel, that same story, the talents are given according to their ability. So it's like he has all that he needs, the ability and everything to multiply that and just makes up excuses. Oh, I'm not a good teacher. I'm not, I'm not a good preacher. I, I don't really, I'm too shy. I'm whatever. Like, that's not going to fly. <laughs> like, it's, it's serious. It's literally life or death for everyone in the world. And like, <clears throat> I'm just, yes. So I can't even put it into words like how privileged I feel and blessed I feel to be able to like sit here and, and, and share what God's talking to me about and, and teach people and wherever and as long as I've done it like that's just crazy and mm. I want everyone to do that you know like my goal really is for this church to have like why is uh, the whole church? A hundred. Well, that's this is where it starts. Right here. I want this church to be like, everyone in this place be a leader of a small group. And not just people from here going to there. Like, people out of here, you know? Like, everyone can lead in some capacity. Yeah. Like, you can talk to your friends. You can talk to that one person, a two-person small group. Like, 
discipling some person, you know? Like, you can disciple that one person, like the guy with the one talent. Or you can disciple ten, the guy with the ten. You know? You can deal with what, with what you have, whatever it is. Everyone has a testimony. You can start there and share. And you can talk all about salvation for a year. Like, easily. Just get all the scriptures on salvation and talk about it. Hear someone else's message and talk about that message, you know? All the messages that we've done and record or ever just listen to them and preach the same thing, you know? Like, the stuff that you're listening to yourself, like, I hear stuff and I talk about it the next day to people. Like, I believe this, so this is where it says in the Bible. Look at that. Awesome. Yeah, I sort of, you know, can resonate. Anyway, I feel like just the point of what we look to to do, like I don't know if I've really been um, looking to multiply in a sense. And, you know, if you have that as a goal, you work towards it, you move towards it, right? And it becomes more real. So I think, you know, thinking about, yeah, you know, what you're aiming for or what, you know, what you're desiring, I think, in, yeah, I'm going to think about this. Yeah, I, 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 um, I know a group called Multiplying Movement, and it was a church, and they're just they're doing outreaches all the time, and they're like home churches, and mm. and they're knocking on doors, and they're doing all of that all the time, and I've never sort of seen it work. Like they've got the the grounding, I guess, and the experience, and they, you know, they just get up and they just do it. They just mm. knock on doors and. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like that works, eh? Not, I don't not think necessarily. That, well, they're not, probably not teaching the right or preaching the right thing. Sorry. They're preaching the thing that everyone opens the door up and then they go, oh my god, and close yeah. the door on your face. The Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's mm. Witness. Yeah. yeah. I don't we had them the other day, didn't we? Yeah. Did you close just it? Door? No, I just said I'm born again is Christian. It is. Oh, it is. It's not. They just got their own fire. No, I'm church. I'm home church. Church is every day of the week up there, you know, and it's just like this multiplying movement, and it's just amazing. Like, two. Like, when I say, like, multiplication, like, I. For example, like, this church i don't i have no desire in me to just like make more churches more buildings and more more expenses mm-hmm. and more people gathering on a sunday like that's not what i'm talking about oh, i'm talking about yeah, i'm talking about the body of christ you know mm-hmm. i don't care <laughs> if you go to that church or this church or don't go to church or mm-hmm. whatever like just every person everywhere wherever you are like multiplying Jesus in that mm-hmm. don't need to v- invite them to come here like mm-hmm. if they know God they're going to want to go where people are like minded and, and grow mm-hmm. and they'll find a place mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like I have zero desire to do that but I know it's inevitable that it will happen if we do that mm-hmm. you know like my growth plan for Seacoast Church is everyone to love Jesus and to show people through their lives how they love Jesus and then those people will see 
how to love Jesus, and then to love Jesus. That's it. Yeah. Like Jesus' disciples, people recognize them that they were with Jesus. Like that's how they recognize them. Mm-hmm. You were with Jesus, oh, that's why you're speaking so powerfully or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, you go to this place, you go to this tabernacle, and you go to this church. You know. mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. to do with any of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I partly read a, um, a really good book. <laughs> so stop. But um, speaking to very much what you said about, you said through their through their lives, and and it was just the part I read, <laughs> which was a good chunk of the book. <laughs> but um, it was basically debunking that whole concept of evangelism. Um, it, it's just clarifying like the gift of, of the evangelist mm. versus evangelism, sharing the gospel, you know? Yeah. And how, you know, there's different ways people will share the gospel. Some people, you know, they are just not, when you say door knock or when you say sharing the gospel, it's yeah. like, uh uh-uh, that's yeah. not my thing. Yeah. You know, totally. I'm not going to do that, but, you know, um, talk to blokes about cars and other stuff or something else, they're going to do that. So yeah. I just think it's a really good point about, you know, what you said, through their lives, like there's different ways of event sharing the gospel, mm, yeah, different totally. ways of doing like different, influ- you know, areas of influence, different giftings. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's not, it's not all just about leading a, not saying that, um, leading a Bible study or, you know, yeah. that, that traditional... You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like even like, like my my background in, in work is lots of like advertising and sales. I did a lot of that, and like my an awesome advertising job I had in in Canada or was door knocking, and I loved that job. I was so good at it because I realized. And we talked about it all the time that there's a percentage of, of uh, sales you're going to make every day. If you do X amount of houses, you will get this on average. So if I knocked on 100 doors, on average I would get 10 people saying yes. So I just couldn't wait till I got 90 people that said no. And I knew. And I knew. It will happen. It will happen. And like, I don't think I will ever knock on a door to tell somebody about Jesus, but maybe I will. But if I do, like, I can do that. I know people are going to say no. Yeah. But a couple of people are going to say yes. Yeah, well, that's what mm. Jehovah's Witness do. Yeah. Mm. They're banking on that, you know, 1% that say yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, you know. God. Yeah, let me read this. And then... My thing is about, like, seeing what qualities, what gifts people have. Yeah. And what makes them Thing. Yeah, totally. Mm. Everyone's got, everyone's got gifts and talents and stuff yeah. that God's given us, yeah. but we all are also commanded to do specific things: heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, teach, preach, evangelize. We're commanded as Christians. Everyone has to do that. It's not an option. That's what a Christian does. Mm. The first sign of a believer is casting out a devil. Heal the sick, raising the dead, you know? Like, like this is not optional. You have other gifts as well that everyone is more skilled at one thing than, an, than 
than another person is at another thing. But eventually, as Christians, we have to grow up and grow into these things. Like, that's it's the best part. And the best part is, like, they're gifts from God. He's given it to us. We don't have to strive to get them. Like, it's not... It's just me, like, getting over myself and my fear and whatever else. And it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. He never said it's going to be easy. He said it's going to be hard. And he guaranteed persecution if you do it. You will get turned down. You will get beat. You will get killed if you continue to do it. That's, that's your promise and guarantee. Like that's... When you said yes to Jesus, he died for you so that you can die for other people. Like, because this, is, this life is a vapor. It's like that. And then eternity is 100% determined on this vapor. Right here, what we do. But if we just look at this here now, then we're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to persecution. I don't want to say this and get rejected and be called a weirdo or a loser or whatever and be a freak in my workplace and whatever. Like, you can make that choice. It's up to you. Did you say that you don't like suffering? You're a no one likes it. No one likes it. <laughs> Sorry. Did you say that? Did I hear you say that um, when you get to, when you when you die, like yeah. Jesus will go? Well, how many people did you convert? No, I was saying that oh. like when I believe when like when when Jesus comes back or when you die or whatever, and there's the judgment of what you do, right? So for Christians, it'll be for reward, not for sin and hell or whatever he's gonna he's gonna show you what you believed you're not gonna be able to convince him oh i believed in this i believe in that he's gonna show you no look at what you did you don't believe that you didn't you don't believe that you believe that that's what i'm saying right yeah like the bible tells us specifically let's just go to it then matthew 28 last twenty eight eighteen. yeah it's good Matthew twenty eight eighteen says Jesus came and told his disciples I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations okay so he's saying this to us okay well, let me just read the whole thing. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So everything that Jesus commanded the disciples to do, they, he said, you guys teach all the new believers that. Everything I commanded you, command them to do. And there's a lot in there, you know? Uh, and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age so that's why we gotta know what the Bible says cause <laughs> that's why we need to know what the Bible says we need to know what it says because 
you have it. Everyone here has a Bible, right? Either on their phone or a physical one or whatever. So you're like, oh, God, I didn't know. Oh, you, you carry the Bible in your pocket everywhere. Mm-hmm. How, how do you not know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't read it. Well, God's like, that's not my fault. You didn't read it. Like, I gave it to you. It's not for condemnation either. It feels so, like, like it. It's because <laughs> you... It's just because you don't know what he says. And you don't know who he is. He loves you. He doesn't command things and then like, oh, you, you idiot, what are you doing? Like he doesn't, he doesn't talk like that or act like that. He loves you and you're accepted regardless. So he's not going, well, you should be 10. You're going to be, the Bible talks about be, like people being saved in the end and some you have to snatch out of the fire and some you, you give uh, oh, what's that verse? How does it go? But anyways, he's talking about your reward again. Mm. He's talking about these people who are doing stuff, what God said, don't make this into doctrine or anything that, that doesn't say in the Bible, but like, if you do what God do- says all your life and you do everything perfectly and everything that he ever wanted you to do, you do it and complete it perfectly in every way. You're going to be close, right by God. Right by God. You're going to be the ruler. It says that in, the, in the, a lot of the parables, that, like that parable we were just talking about, the reward that they got for multiplying was being rulers over cities. And then the person who doesn't do any of that is still in heaven, but they have nothing for eternity. You still have eternity, but you have little, you know? It's still going to be amazing. But what do you have? How do you talk about eternity like having something into eternity? Eternity is eternity. Well, it's like... like You get a a mansion, you get a house, you get your cars, you get whatever, you know? (laughs) Serious. I have so much resistance to this, and it's okay. I'm just... I'm listening to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, like, it's not about stuff. It's about Jesus. Jesus has everything. So you'll be closer to Jesus who has everything. Or you won't. That's that's all. That's really what you focus on. Like, just sometimes I know it can all be, like, you feel like there's a whole lot of rules and, you know, conditions and everything. But he just said, love, love God, love people. Yeah. So if you just do that, yeah. really, and then because otherwise you try and work it all out yeah. in your head and it gets, and you just can't. Yeah. You just can't. You just really have to know what the Bible says. You can't just listen to me. You can't just listen to podcasts. You can't, you must read the Bible. You must listen to the Bible personally for yourself. You must do that or you will never know the context. You will never know what God's actually talking about because he speaks specifically to me about every single scripture that I read. So and like, how ironic that we have so much accessibility yeah. these days, yet people's hearts are so hard. 
like as you said, it's in our pocket. Yeah. Like mm. never before has the Bible been in people's so pockets close to us mm. and so accessible. Yeah. yeah, I know. And yet, how many times do we click on that app compared to? Yeah, I know. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. The weather. Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, like, and it's almost like getting back to what I said before, like, we do ourselves a disservice mm. by, you know, what yeah. we invest in our time or, yeah. you know, under entertainment or... Yeah. I know Christians who, who never read the Bible. Never read the Bible. Their mm. entire Christianity is coming to church on Sunday and hearing someone talk or listen to podcasts, if that ever happens. But, like... Never read the Bible. How can that be? <laughs> like, how's that possible? No wonder there's so many issues, and you don't have any answers. You just have questions. Uh, like, but like Jesus is the Word. Yeah. Like that's the thing. That's like when you read the Bible. That's what. That's Jesus. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's how you get to know Him. Oh, yeah. Get to know his character. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not judging you, Sharon, for that. No, I'm not talking about you. I don't know. I haven't asked. You know? But uh just going back to this multiply thing for a little bit. Um this is what I would really like you guys to seriously think about because I don't know when it is, but eventually I'm not going to be leaving this anymore because I'm going to be full-time here doing some other stuff too. And this is not my goal to everyone come around me. I would like it to be a foundation and like you guys know stuff too. You guys know a lot of stuff. To, yeah, seriously think about starting a group like this and being that person to others. Mm. Inviting a couple of friends or people from church or whatever. Because mm. everyone here can do it. Even you, Sharon. You can do it. Yeah. You can. Yeah. 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 I, I think there's, there's certain things. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to, you don't have to have the whole range of the Bible and yeah. You can talk about, the, okay, this group today, we're just talking about, like, how to get saved. Mm. And then you just share, and people ask questions, and it goes on from there. And I just want to read the one, one scripture in uh, Zechariah 4.10, just the beginning. says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work done, to see the plumb line of Zerubbabel's hand. Even lamps represent that. Oh, yeah. Then it goes on. It's just talking about building the temple. Like, don't despise these small beginnings, these things where you think, okay, I'm, I'm just, like your story sharing about, like, walking per- past that person. Mm-hmm. Like, these are small beginnings. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of something. And before, maybe you wouldn't have thought of anything. Like, oh, just walk by that guy. He's creepy. Get away from me. Yeah. And now you're, you got this inner thing like oh I should I, do I should do this like help me Lord like what do I do you know yeah like God's like look at how much this person's changed yeah there's no way I would have just done a 
know. Yeah, walk the other side of the road, get away. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is this the only home group for Seacoast? Good that you asked that. I had no idea what was happening in this church until last week. There's actually 12 groups in this church. No way. Wow. Really? I don't know if they're they're all just like stuff like this. Yeah, I know. There's <laughs> zero communication about it. But uh, some of them are, are well, you mean like different men's things. Group and women's group and things like that, or, or just a little. No, group. just like different groups gathering during the week. Yeah, yeah not just here at church. I haven't looked at it exactly. There's young adults. The one that Ali. It's on Monday nights. Yeah. yeah. We should go to that. You're not a young adult. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go. I'm a young adult. 30's the maximum. Oh, is it? I feel 36. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of uh, this is the old adult. The challenge. 